and welcome to today's time of favor and for today's program we'll be looking at the concept of goal setting so right now we're going into an, a series called to my future self where we'll be discussing different things that we feel are valuable to helping us living to help us live um, more well-rounded and accomplished lives so i'm here with my sister marimbo hi hi hi, hi. So as, um, as I said on the description, I mentioned that today's topic will discuss goal setting and in particular we'll look at what it means to determine the quality of your life and also what sort of things we need to account for when it comes to setting our goals. So um, today I'm just going to read a bit of things that I wrote down. So um, usually when we're faced with the question of what we would like to achieve, we often put ourselves in a position where we tell ourselves that in order to become um, who we want to be, we have to emphasize on our current positions, on our current situation and use that as the best guide for our future. But we're going to dive into the Bible and see different stories that state that it's actually not your, your present self that determines your future self, rather it's your future self that determines your actions that you take in order to become that person. I know right now it sounds a little bit complicated, but we're going to go into more detail. So, um, yeah. So the first um, passage that we're going to look at is First Chronicles chapter 4. So when you're ready, um, can you please read it? First Chronicles chapter yeah. four, um, verse nine to eleven. Okay, um, First Chronicles chapter four, verse nine to eleven. Now Jabez was more honourable than his brothers, and his mother called his name Jabez, saying, "Because I bore him in pain." And Jabez called on the God of Israel, saying, "All oh, that you would bless me indeed, and enlarge my territory." that your hand would be with me and that you would keep me from evil, that I may not cause pain. So God granted him what he requested. Amen. 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 So um, I guess the first question that we have, um, that I have with regards to this passage is, what can we learn from Jabez's prayers about setting our goals? So um, would you like to start? Yeah, I think um, I've just kind of like, in terms of like the the introduction that you did on our present moment we're, we're not necessarily looking at the person that we are right now but we're looking at and making decisions that our future self will thank us for um i am seeing jabez's mom looking at the current situation yeah and saying because i have bore him this moment in pain Therefore, I will call his name Jabez, mm -hmm. meaning pain. But then you see that she was not looking at who he was going to be or the life or the future that God was trying to create for his life. Yeah. So I think I just wanted to um, put that out in terms of um, dear future self, um, that there is that part in us that we can be so... Um, concerned about how we're feeling in this moment yeah that we call ourselves or we make decisions based on who we are in this moment yeah that's so true and i think based on what you've said as well about like making decisions based on who you are in the moment it's kind of like i guess when i was doing this um like preparation for this like episode for this section i was trying to do a lot of like introspective thinking about myself and also the decisions that i make so one of them being like um, in terms of, for example, high school or like when you're in school, we can sometimes tell ourselves like, oh, I'm bad at maths. And because I'm bad at maths, you give yourself the name, the one who's bad at maths. And I guess in the same way, it's kind of like with Jabez, like what you've said, like yeah. because he was born in a position where he was causing pain. His mom was like, OK, you caused me pain. So your name is Jabez. The, your name is Sorrowful. And I think that's something that as people, we should always try to come away from. And I think that's what we learned from Jabez because 
even even though he caused his mom pain so that wasn't like something that didn't happen he stepped away from that situation that his mom put in and he's the one that went to god and said and he actually says cried out to god yeah so it was like a passion in him and he's like god bless me enlarge my territory put your hand on me and keep me from harm so that i will be free from pain so we're saying that lord take me away from who i am today take me away from the things that i find myself in and take me to a position where i am blessed and my tents are enlarged so i think for me based on this it says that we actually determine where we are going so i think sometimes as people and i know myself included we can almost like find ourselves in a situation where we tell ourselves that okay because i was born in this situation because i went to this school i did this i can't achieve above this but from jabez's situation we realize that you can actually aim high you can push above your weight and say that you know what god i want you to open up the borders for me yeah yeah and even in in in, in the prayer of jabez you're mm-hmm. seeing him and I was like, as I'm reading it through, I can I'm seeing a person who's not just praying for this moment. It says, mm-hmm. "Oh, that you would bless me indeed, enlarge my territory, that your hand would be with me." Um, for me, it sounds more like a continual prayer. Yeah, you know that your hand would be with me all the time, um, and that I may not cause that you keep me from evil that I may not cause pain. So Mm -hmm. you're seeing a person who wants to shift from the person that he is right now to a new person. And that person, the prayer that he's having is for every moment of his life. That all that you bless me, bless me, bless me indeed. Because he realizes that the, the decision that was there at the beginning is indeed affecting the person that he would become in the future. But because of that, he wants to change the narrative and say, oh, that you'd bless me indeed, enlarge my territory. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. 100%. Um, just give me one second. Yeah, exactly. 100%. And I guess, um, so from, so I just wrote down some points. So I guess from this, we can see that, like, as we've mentioned, that he was, um, Jabez was coming out and he was determining what he wants to become. And secondly, he was not basing his goals on his current situation. And also, as Marimba mentioned, that it was a continuous prayer. It wasn't just a prayer where you're like, okay, Lord, bless me. And then tomorrow you're like, okay, I'm just yeah. going to go to town and not care about this. And I think another aspect as well is the last part of the sentence. So if you look at the... First Corinthians four, the the chapter heading, it says like the other children of Judah, something like that. It says the family of Judah. Yeah. So it talks about Perez and Perez, obviously that's the grandfather of David or great great grandfather of David. Um, and then from there it ta- it goes and that's the one who broke through. Yeah. And then after that, it talks about um it talks about Jabez and Jabez's story is like a a portion in all these like incredible story all these incredible people's lives so i think the fact that the author of this book decided to emphasize on jabez it says a lot also about like the quality of sorry the quality of his heart and also like the emphasis on how we we can use this in our lives Mm. and i think what really stood out to me was how it ends and it says and god granted his request yeah so i think for me that's something that's powerful as well um so if for example in mark chapter 11 it talks about how have faith in god if you say to this mountain be removed and be cast into the sea you should have what you say obviously i'm paraphrasing but then from that verse and also from what we see in the scripture that apart from apart from just praying and apart from sort of um just saying words to god we also need to come to a point where we realize that god is the god who grants requests yeah wow. and i think that's also powerful do you have anything else you'd like to add in this or should we move on to gideon um yeah i think from from that passage that you just said that and god so god granted him what he requested mm-hmm. um 
today we were actually having a conversation about you know um being in a position where you, you're not sure like oh how do i do this or what and then um i remember speaking um and when i was having this conversation and the person said yeah but if you just pray god's gonna answer you um for a minute it sounded a bit like oh really yeah but then you you kind of realize that yes god will grant you your request and mm. and that is the bible talks about let us come boldly to the throne of grace yeah that we may find help in time of need so in the moments when we want you know when we have a request god is calling us and asking us even giving us the permission to come boldly to his throne yeah exactly so in this moment you know if you are in a position like Jabez and you're feeling like, oh, you know, my life or the, 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 the decision that I made before is causing me to be in pain or the words that I spoke to before, about before are causing me to be in a position of pain, you can and you have that grace to be able to go boldly to the throne of grace mm-hmm. because you have help in time of need. Exactly. And I, think, and I think when you step into that mindset where you realize that, I can come boldly to the throne of grace. You realize like you can actually ask God for anything. So it's like the there's no barrier to like the questions that you can ask God. Yeah. Because I think, for example, like people say, I mean, there's nothing wrong with any careers, but people say, for example, that if you ask like a child, like, oh, what do you want to be when you grow up? They usually say the careers that they're used to seeing. So yeah. for example, if, like you used to seeing doctors and bus drivers and teachers if somebody says what would you like to be when you grow up you say oh i want to see like a doctor i want to i want to be a bus driver i want to be i want to work in a restaurant i want to be a farmer and that's because that's what you see around you but because you you haven't seen um people in your life attain goes beyond like attain things beyond what you've seen so obviously there's nothing wrong with being a doctor there's nothing wrong with being an engineer there's nothing wrong with being all these things but then when we come boldly to the throne of grace we get into a mindset where we realize that you can actually achieve more than what you see so for example you can say you know what god i want to be like a billionaire god i want to be the next jeff bezos god i want to I don't know, I want to, I want to start a farm, maybe it's for some people, like they don't see farmers, and that could be something that you want to see, so I hope that from this moment, we start to step into a position, and I guess myself included, because I've not yet achieved everything that I want to achieve, but where we step into a position where we are, we're saying to ourselves that, dear future self, you can be anything that you want to be, and also saying that because I've prayed to God about it, he's going to help me achieve my goals. Yeah. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Amen. So now we're going to go into the story of Gideon. So I think Gideon is such an interesting character. I feel like if we're going to read the passage, but I feel like just as like the side note, I feel like if Gideon was around, like when I was doing the preparations, I was trying to think about his personality. I feel like he'd be like one of those people that's like slightly socially awkward and people are like, oh, Gideon, you're an introvert. Oh, Gideon, you can't. How can Gideon like lead the people of Israel? Oh, no, Gideon, you're just meant to be at the back. Gideon, you should not be seen. You should be seen and not heard. That's like the impression I have of Gideon is that what you have as well is it completely different for you yeah like somebody who's very who looks at himself in a very um doesn't really put himself in that category like yeah oh yeah I could be that person but in in a sense it's more like no 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 you know I I just want to be do my thing as long as I'm not hurting anybody yeah exactly I'm okay yeah as long as nobody's being you know negatively impacted with the decisions that I'm making then I'm fine as long as there's food on my table for me and my family we're okay we're not worrying about other people outside just what feels safe yeah exactly and I remember like with my mom like my mom like she always used to like talk about Gideon and I think when you look into his life he's it's such like it's such a bizarre story let's just get into it now like because I don't know if some of you might have not read it. Let's get into it. So it's Judges chapter 6, verse 11. So just opening that up now. Okay. 
Okay, actually, I have it on my laptop. Um, let me know when you're there. Yeah. Just Judges chapter three, verse eleven. Judges chapter six, verse eleven. Judges chapter six, verse eleven. Yeah. Okay, so it said, and the angel of the Lord came down and sat under the oak in Ophrah that belonged to Joash the Abizarite, where his son Gideon was threshing wheat in a wine press to keep it from the Midianites. When the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon, he said, The Lord is with you, mighty man. And then Gideon says, Pardon me, my Lord, but if the Lord is with us, why has all this happened to us? Where are all his wonders that our ancestors told us about when they said, Did not the Lord bring us out of Egypt? But now the Lord has abandoned us and given us into the hand of Midian. And the Lord turned to him and said, Go in the strength you have and save Israel out of Midian's hand. Am I not sending you? And then in verse 15, Gideon says again, Pardon me, my Lord, but how can I save Israel? My, co- my clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I am the least in my family. And then the Lord answered and said, I will be with you. You will strike down all of Midian and leaving none alive. Wow. Yeah. Obviously, um, disclaimer, we're not telling people to go out and like start wars and start fighting. <laughs> but then in terms of this passage, I think it's really powerful. And I guess just like a background of what's happening here. So um, in Judges chapter 6, the first part, it talks about how all the children of Israel turned away from God. And because they turned away from God, God put them into the hand of Midian. And the Midianites basically like tormented them and took all their stuff. And they were in a situation of terror where they were basically being terrorized by these people. Mm. And then they were crying out to God saying, God, God, help us. God, we need your help. And then God is like, you know what? I know. Yeah, Gideon is the guy that's going to save you. Yeah. And... Like, and God comes to Gideon and he's like, oh, Gideon, you're the one that's going to save my people. And Gideon is like, ha ha, God, you're so funny. Like, God, you could see that guy right there. Like he does weightlifting every single day. That guy right there, his granddad was in the army. That guy right there, he's from the tribe of Judah. That guy right there, he's the one that's meant to be doing this. And God is like, "Uh uh-uh, it's you. And we see like throughout the rest of the passages god is like there's like this it's not like a battle but it's like this thing where like gideon is telling god like okay show me a sign and god shows him a sign and it's like okay just show me another one and then he shows him another one and then it's like he's almost like not really believing god but then eventually god actually it's like god keeps like coming to like revealing himself to him and saying like gideon you can actually do a lot and i think it kind of contrasts with not judah jabez yeah who with the difference is with Jabez. I guess Jabez is one type of person who has seen the situation and they're saying that, okay, God, I've seen my situation. I don't want to cause pain. God, help me to become more than what I am now. And Jabez is that person who is like determined at school. They're like studying hard. They're like doing this. They're like, I can do anything. And then on the other hand, we have Gideon who's just like, okay, God, I've seen my situation and I accepted this is who I am. This is what I'm meant to be. I don't, I'm not complaining. Let me just hide under the wine press and never come out of it. So like, what do you think? Like, how can, how can we, how can we as people be like Gideon in everyday lives? It's like, can you see any aspects of Gideon in us? I think um, in looking at our future self, Mm-hmm. Um, Gideon reveals himself in traits where, you know, I I know that you know recently in church, you know, we're saying where it's like we always win. And I remember once saying that our bold confession of saying we always win is mm-hmm. not coming from a perspective of being egotistic or yeah. arrogant, but rather it's a position of confidently knowing the capability of God Mm -hmm. and how much he has placed in us Mm -hmm. so in looking at Gideon I'm seeing a person who is not confident that they always win yeah like they're just like he is so yeah that they 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 always always win win, not me but I don't always win (laughs) yeah exactly and if it is true that we always win because you know the thing about like um always having declarations or saying stuff like this is that mm-hmm. sometimes what the devil does is he always whispers in your head 
like the kind of whispers that Gideon had like well if we always win then how come I didn't get a B plus yeah. in that last exam. Yeah, exactly. Or if we always win, how come, you know, I am struggling with my bills right now? If mm-hmm. we always win, how come I'm having this health issue? All those kind of things. But you're seeing God coming in and saying, yeah, you always win. Like, regardless of what you're going through, faith does not d- deny the existence of the problem. Yeah. But it's accepts the promises of god and puts it into action so in this case because god has come to us and to gideon and said you are a mighty man of valor Mm -hmm. so to our future self um and another thing that i just want to kind of like um put out there as we were kind of talking about this title and i was like oh i bet you know some adults would be like dear future self I am already in the future, but the crazy part is we are always building a future. Yeah, exactly. So regardless of whatever age you are, whether you are 60 or you are 80 or you're 100, the next two minutes are your future future self. self, Yeah. The next one hour is your future self. So therefore, what you're feeding in your mind and in your heart and what you're feeding, the decisions that you're making this minute, is going to affect your next two minutes you know those mm-hmm. kind of things so what i wanted to say is that in gideon saying you know in his um personality is reflected if i can come to myself it can be reflected in our inability to choose really good jobs yeah because you're like, mm, that's not for me. God. That's for um, that's for Oxbridge graduates. That's like, for that I didn't go to Oxford. God, like you see yeah. the, the job specifications, and you're like, oh, that's nice. Mm. And it's like, yeah, you could you could work that job. It's like, yeah, okay, let that pass. Let me just do what I know how to do. You know that can be reflected in um, the decisions that we have, maybe in terms of. Um, where we live yeah you know where you want to own a house and you're like "Mm, that's for them i'm happy with you know this or our financial decisions so many things that we can you know accept as a norm not because it is a norm and not because we're happy with it and i guess maybe that's how we find ourselves referring back to jabez because jabez is more or less a gideon that's tired and come out and say, yeah. or that you know, like I don't want to experience Pain that anymore. problem anymore. Yeah. But I guess the Gideon is a person who, um, I suppose this is something that we're going to look into. But Gideon is a person who, you know, is requiring that somebody to bring you out. So I think, um, yeah, I think for for now, what I could just quickly add, you know, just to put it out there, is that. In our dear future self, depending on which person that you are, if you are Jabez, you know that you are in a position of pain and you know that I can boldly go to the throne of God, you know, go to the throne of God. That's the first side. Second side is if you're a Gideon and you are not sure, like I'm not sure, Mm. surround yourself with people that can see that you have such capacity. Yeah, exactly. I agree. And I think going back to the idea of like choosing the jobs. So um, I don't know for those of you who, those of you who don't know, like I work for a technology company. So in tech, they normally say that women don't apply for tech roles because they normally don't feel like they're good enough mm-hmm. to do those jobs. And obviously it's not all women. But then, like, for example, with guys, and obviously not all guys, they can easily apply for certain jobs, even though they don't meet the criteria. But they're like, oh, for example, maybe there's a list of criteria and they say you must be like a university graduate. You must have studied maths. You should um, do X, Y, Z experience. Some people will look at that and they'll be like, okay, yeah, I'm a university graduate tick. And they've not got any of the other things. But some people will look at that and they'll be like, oh, but I don't have this, I don't have that, I don't have this, I don't have that, I don't have this. Okay, I'm not going to apply. And obviously, there's nothing wrong with that as well. But then if you want to step into 
what God has ordained for your life, it's time to start pushing above your weight. Yeah. So I think when you said that, that was really powerful. And one thing that I guess stand out to me, I'm not the best at maths, but then I think one thing that I sort of like, um, I don't know, I'm thankful to God and my parents is in terms of like, my choices and my career choices so far i say so far because the future is unknown but then um in terms of like what i've experienced up until this date i can say that i'm grateful because i've had um, people around me like what you said who've encouraged me to step out of it and also that from inside as well i've always told myself that i can achieve like more than what i see because i remember when i was in high school actually in science we had like different like sets of science. I think we had foundation and higher. I think it was science. And then my teacher was like, oh, I think I got like a C or something or something less than a C. And, or maybe it was maths. I think it was maths. And then my teacher was like, oh yeah, you should do foundation. And foundation was capped at a C. But I was like, and I remember telling my teacher like, no, my mom said I should do higher. But guys, my mom didn't say I should do <laughs> I wanted to do higher because I was like, how can you just cap my limit at a C? Like I can get yeah. more than a C. Like, yeah, I might be bad at maths. I might be bad at science, but I'm good at memorizing and I'm going to memorize <laughs> these exams and pass. Yeah. And I think that's the mentality that we should have and i think that's the mentality that god is telling gideon here and it's also what he's telling us because instead of gideon and i think i don't i keep going back to school but it can be like any aspect of your life but i think one thing that i've noticed like from my friends and from people i know we have sometimes we have phobias of being successful yeah so people make it seem like oh i'm scared of spiders i'm scared of this i'm scared of failing but i think for some of us there's a genuine phobia of being successful like you're like what if i actually worked hard and actually achieved my wildest dreams like no that's not possible yeah and it's a genuine phobia and from this we're learning that like you need to step away from that or i need to step away from that we need to step away from that and get into a place where when we're setting our goals we're setting obvious like realistic goals but also goals that are enabling us to punch above their weight because your future self is not who you are now your future self is somebody that god has ordained somebody that god is going to make prosperous and you shouldn't base your current situation on what your future will be yeah um I was just thinking as well in terms of what you said about um you know going over the that we are scared we have a um an ideology or you know we're scared of success or we're just scared you know point blank mm-hmm. um what i realize um and and the there is what i realize that god is doing with gideon is he's changing his identity first so in saying that mighty man of valor Mm. so it's like he's putting him in a position of believe the fact that you are a mighty man of valor like if we address your identity if we address the way that you see yourself if we address you know who you are your mind and what you believe that god has said about you then we have no problem in changing everything else and you know and i feel like this is very important because a mighty man of valor talks about a man who's strong in war yeah but then yeah but he had never you know gone to war war. he had never um Mm. fought any battles and that's how god is addressing him like okay we're gonna shift your identity and then as his identity shifts, then he goes out as a mighty man of valor. Yeah. So you're seeing God is firstly saying, you know, let's change how you see yourself. Mm. You know, like with Abraham, Abraham, let's change you to become Abraham. So before you have a kid or before you have children, you see yourself, your identity changes and you start to say, I am the father of many nations. 
I am a mighty man of valor. Mm-hmm. As you are changing your identity, and it's crazy because as you change your identity, the current situation starts to become uncomfortable. Yes. So I guess that's how for Jabez, it's like, bless me indeed. Like, I don't want to be like this anymore yeah. because your mind is like, but I'm a mighty man of valor and I believe it and I know it. Yeah. And I'm confident. Please. I don't want to cause pain anymore. Bless me indeed. Enlarge my territory. Like, I don't want to be in this situation, situation anymore. Yeah. So in change, in, in um, looking at our future self, we need to change our identity and we need to change our perspective of success because as we change our perspective and our identity about success or our identity of success, if you will, then we then it's a norm. Then it's something that we we are like, Hmm. yeah i am successful because yeah that is who i am so you are pursuing um your identity in christ yeah and i think when you said that i think that's like that's like mind blown like the idea that literally like you have to change your mind your mind first so in psychologists they talk about like different types of mindsets so they say like there's a fixed mindset and a growth mindset so the fixed mindset sort of like emphasizes a lot on personality so they look at their personality i think this one of the psychologists that said it was a guy called um dr benjamin hardy so he's like one of the people that said this so he said that for example if you have a fixed mindset you fail a test and you're like yeah i'm i'm bad at school i'm like rubbish at school and then you don't see yourself becoming more than what you are or for example you do a personality test and it says you're an introvert and you're like yeah i'm an introvert or it says you're an extrovert you're like yeah i'm an extrovert i'm not gonna like apply for extroverted jobs so you like you internalize like all these things around you but then there's also a growth mindset that like for example you um you do a test and it's like yeah you're an introvert but you're like oh but then if i want to um achieve xyz i need to become an extrovert so you start to like sort of like um you sort of change things in your life because in your mind your mindset is about growth you're about saying like what can i do to achieve xyz and you're looking at the future as opposed to looking at the now. Yeah. And I think it's powerful that you mentioned about it being to do with like your mindset and your perceptions. And it's like what you said as well in terms of Abraham, like God told him to look far, to look eastward, to look northward. And he says like, like what you can see. So it's like what we see and what we put our minds on and what we focus on is what determines what we become. And I guess just going back to like our examples, like for me, like I know there's so many things that I'm looking to achieve, but one of them is with regards to working in London. So I said this at my job interview, but it's actually true. So I remember the first time, not that I lied about everything else, but you know that sometimes people say like, oh, I just say things. But like I went to my job interview um, in London and then my um, manager was like, oh, so why do you want to why do you want to move from Manchester to London? And I was like, because like genuinely, when I was like, I think I was like nine, 10, 11 or around that age, I went to London with my mom because my mom used to work in London. And like, I went into the city. I saw the vibe of the city. I think we like traveled like around. I saw like all these business people, like the adrenaline. I was like, I see myself here. And ever since I went to London, I was like, this is like, this is where I'm going to be. Obviously, maybe not forever. But like, this is where I want to start my career. And and then I think I went back when I was 16, like for an internship. And I saw like, I saw what people, I was like, this is, this, I see myself here. Yeah. And I remember once as well with Marimbo, like we went to like a trip of London and we went to like the city, like the, the finance, like finance area. And even with my mom, like would go to Canary Wharf and I was like, I don't work in Canary Wharf, but I work in finance and I would see it. And I'm like, this is, this is what I want to achieve. And I think if you're struggling, like right now you're at a place where you want to achieve something, but you don't know how to get there. Sometimes even just getting on a trip to where you want to be helps. Yeah. So for example, if you want to be like, I don't know, like obviously it's easier said than done, but like, for example, if you want to be like a journalist, maybe maybe just take a trip to the media city if you live in the UK, like the media city in Manchester. Yeah, or just like um, 
yeah i don't know look at pictures yeah like of those places yeah so you see yourself there in that place yeah because i think when you have this goal of what you see and you change your mind to say that this is what i want to become you sort of start to align your goals with that thing that you see yeah yeah but that was not um but that's just like a side note and i think that's something that um is really powerful and i think in the bible that's why obviously it was with regards to like um sort of like our relationship with god but even in terms of like other aspects of our lives we need to renew our mind yeah because most of the time our mind and our identity can prevent us from achieving the things that we're supposed to achieve and i think for me um sometimes it's something that i struggle with so sometimes i tell myself like oh i don't exercise and then I end up not exercising. Yeah. But instead, maybe I should start telling myself that you exercise. And maybe the more I tell myself that I exercise, I'm going to become one of those people that goes to the gym. Yeah. So, yeah. So that's true. I think I just wanted to read because you, you, you talked about it. Yeah. Um, in Romans 12, verse 2, it says, And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. And the reason why I just wanted to read it is because my mind was thinking, I think that passage actually says renew as in a continuous thing. Yeah. So the reason I wanted to, to read it is because the reason why it's very interesting that um, the Bible does not say renew your mind as an, a one-off thing is because life is so dynamic yeah like every day you know today you know after this um um this session that we're having together with everyone who's watching we'll all live here like yes you know dear future self i am coming for you yeah i'm going to the gym yeah (laughs) yes we're gonna do this (laughs) you know you rally your family up you know for the first day you eat your celery you juice your carrots you're like yes we got yeah. this, we got this. And then tomorrow, for whatever reason, you know, you just can't mm. do it. You, you you know, you can't wake up at the time when you promised yourself to wake up. But the Bible talks about renewing your mind. So you're constantly going into the word of God. You're constantly feeding your mind every day, bringing it back. So you're renewing it again, bringing it back to you know, the, the structure of God, bringing it back, you're like, okay, yeah, I fell off the wagon yesterday, that's okay, let me get myself back into what the word of God says about me, right, okay, I've fallen off the wagon again, right, I'm just going to go back into the word of God, and you keep doing it, you keep doing it, and as you keep doing it, you find that you're building consistency yeah. for the person you're trying to become. Exactly, and actually, when we were talking about that, I had a question that I don't know if other people think this, but like, so we're talking a lot about like, oh, who you will become, what you become. What if somebody is looking at this and they're like, I, I have zero clue what I want to do. I just want to go to work, wake up, eat, and sleep. That's all I want to do. Yeah. So how can someone like that? How do you set goals in that situation? In a place where you're like, I'm, I'm comfortable, I'm happy. Not even comfortable and happy, where it's like, you want to do something, but you don't know what you want to do. It's kind of like, it's kind of like when people say like, oh, follow your passion. And you're like, yeah, I want to follow my passion, but I don't know what that passion is. Like, yeah. what am I following? Like, should I follow like eating pizza? Like what, like, like, how do you, how, how would you answer that? Yeah. Um, so one thing that we all, you know, one thing that we know about God and the word is that he has placed in us desires that um, they're just unique to us. Mm-hmm. And I think from looking at myself as well, I have been in that position where, and, 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 and I would even want to say that sometimes it's a position that you get to when you're like, yes i figured out my goal and in the next two days you're like mm, i think that was just because it was trendy you know, yeah. everyone was doing it and i think maybe that's why i thought god was calling me to it but um i think really how you find out where god's calling you to is to be in a place 
where you are and do the best that you can do for that moment yeah and in that moment to as i'm as i'm saying this it's kind of taking me back to mm-hmm. jabez because i feel like he did not know that the position that he was in could change he did not know that i mean that's that's the thought that i'm getting because he he's been born in pain he's called pain and then he comes to the point he's like oh that you bless me indeed and enlarge my territory so i'm seeing a person from jabez i can draw um in a parallel with my life in the sense of in being and in doing what i'm doing this moment god can open my eyes and say you know what your territory can be enlarged yeah you can live a life that is pain-free you can Mm. live a life that is so much abundant and we get that when we read the word of god we get that when we are 100 percent connected to the word of god and the funny thing is as we drift away from the word of god the person that we are created to be starts to become dim yeah as we drift away from the word of god our identity and who god has created us starts to shift um and there's a book that i've been reading about um, identity as well and he quotes adam and eve where they were living in their best life Mm -hmm. but just by drifting away from what god told them suddenly they are not living their best life so i think it's just the same in terms of our lives that if you're in a position where you're like hmm it's quite cool that people know what they want to do or Mm -hmm. they feel like they know what they want to do i'm not sure i have got no clue in fact i don't even know if i have i am having a problem but i think it's just reading the word of god and really just giving everything that you have in that moment and serving god wholeheartedly he starts to reveal himself through his word yeah exactly and i think to add on that as well i think for me one aspect of discovering what you are called to be is to see the needs of your community as well so um i think in the stories so in the bible all the people in the bible who made change and who did amazing things people like apostle paul people like david like david and goliath as an example like there was a giant and david came and he he like he he didn't say he god used him to save the children of israel even in terms of um gideon like gideon's gideon's um purpose was realized out of a need yeah and i think in terms of everything that we see if you are like stuck on what you want to achieve i think one of the ways to sort of discover that is to look at the needs of your community as an example like what can i do to help people and bring about change to the people around me so for example um should i become should i become a doctor because my community needs doctors like i know someone um i don't know if she's watching but she's a doctor and i remember she she studied in russia so maybe she knows who she is but i remember like when i first met her i was like oh why do you want to be a doctor she was like oh because malawi needs doctors and i know that if i become a doctor i can actually help my community yeah and i was like i think at the time i was like i don't remember how old i was and i was like wow that's amazing that like your perception of my passion is based on my community and i think sometimes as people we we sort of make goals we're like oh i want to be successful so i can drive a mercedes yeah or i can drive a porsche but you're not thinking that okay i want to be successful so i can bring about valuable change to my community and in terms of like economics you realize like people pay based on demand so for example if people demand obviously some things are not things that you really need but if you if you're for example saying that okay i want to get a job the jobs that pay the highest are based on what is demanded the most and mostly like what is scarce so that's like your economic currency so if you say like okay um for example doctors because doctors are not as like there's doctors but then they're rare 
So because of that, doctors are paid more than other professions because they're rare. They're like diamonds. And but then there's a lot of demand for doctors. Yeah. And because the, that demand stems from the fact that there's a need for doctors. And that's the same thing in terms of like other aspects of our lives. Like, for example, with like, I don't know, like food banks, like, or houses. Like if you're saying, okay, my community needs more housing. What can I do to help the housing? And just based on the idea of community, I don't know if you've heard about the guy who's created a handbook that shows how like medical symptoms look like on darker skin tones. He saw a need and he ran with it. And now this guy, like he's, He's like all over social media and like people are uh, people are reaching out to him because he saw a need and he solved that need. And now he's found himself in a position of influence and he's only a medical student. He's not yet like a like a, a full doc, full doctor. I don't know if that's a word, <laughs> but like he's just a medical student. And I think that's one way that we can also, in addition to looking to the word of God as well, as you've said, yeah. also looking at the needs of our community. So I guess, um, I think, sorry, go on. Oh, I just want to say that I think um, just to kind of, as you were saying that, what I realized was, um, I remember dad always says that um, if you see a need in a place, it means it's for you to do that thing. Yeah. Because you find the crazy thing is like amongst the three of us, like literally we walk into a room I think Lindy's eyes instantly go like, oh, this place has not been vacuumed. <laughs> like yeah. her eyes would just kind of like quickly see that, oh, this floor is not vacuumed. And everybody else would maybe see that, but they're not really bothered. Yeah. And and I think that what we start finding actually is that in a place where you are noticing the problems and you're not doing something what you become is a complainer. Yeah, exactly. So then you be like, why is nobody cleaning up? But then it's like, nobody has the same passion that about that thing mm-hmm. that you have. So in terms of like what you said about the, the guy who's like, why do we not have, you know, similar, um, you know, why do we not have handbooks that show the condition, a medical condition on darker skinned people? I'm sure somebody else has thought about that. Yeah, but they didn't do anything about it. But in their it. mind, it's just been like, oh, you know. This, this system. This system is just yeah. so wrong. Yeah, know? exactly. I, I don't like it. And, and, mm. and, you know, it goes to a lot of things in our life, you know, in our countries. I know that there's sometimes where we're in situations where there's a lot of red tape and maybe we can't go around it or whatever. But you're seeing that a lot of people that defied the odds are people that notice that there is a problem there Mm -hmm. is a need that needs to be done and i need to do it and i think that is a very big point that if we are to be leaders in our life if we are to be people that run with our vision we need to be people that recognize that there is a problem yeah and they do something and you do something about it yeah exactly because then you be just you become a complainer you just become oh you know um we could have um i just walked in here and it was all messy like are you gonna be cleaning it up and then you just find that you're just so uncomfortable you're so angry you're so annoyed you're starting to become bitter things are just yeah boiling inside of you but you know take it as an opportunity to make change to make change yeah like, exactly this is what god is calling me in this moment you know god's calling me to um you know and the, the crazy and the cool thing about god as well is that in the moments when we are noticing a need the God thing to do is to fulfill that need in love. Yeah. So not to go to someone and say, well, I feel like God's calling me to blah, blah, blah. But, you know, the person that you're telling them about what God's calling you to do, they suddenly leave your presence feeling so... Demotivated. Demotivated. Yeah. Their life is just like a mess. You know, they, they, they just don't want to leave anymore. But no, you, what you're going to this person is like, you, you think yeah you know like in this case of Gideon there was a war and that was the need for the hour you know and Gideon had to rally up an army and yes let's mm-hmm. do this but then he could have just been like yeah it's good yeah you know it's and just because that that is actually exactly what Gideon was doing by being in the cave yeah. he was 
not doing anything not doing anything yeah just like, exactly yeah but you know you're calling me mighty man of valor but we have war it's like maybe you should go and fight no 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 you know get them to do it but yeah this exactly. situation is so annoying yeah. i wonder why the judas tribe is not doing anything oh, yeah oh judah you know they're supposed to <laughs> yeah. be the, the, the big the big class yeah. um tribe around here leaving all of us manasses not having any food oh darn you judas and you're so angry oh but god is going to the smallest the most timidest person in the clan who knows that there is war you know he was not living in some place where he didn't know that there was war he knows that there was war he goes to that person and that's how his breakthrough came and you referred to um david david was in a place of he he goes to um the the shepherd to, to look after his brothers and then he says whoa who's that uncircumcised philistine yeah that is doing something but you know what david could have also been like oh you know dad do you, do you know what like, happened oh yeah like, I just went, and he would have been going to king Saul, like king Saul, you need to sort that guy yeah, out like, oh, but why he didn't he do that yeah that? you know as a king you need to do this 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 i think you yeah. are wrong but he goes to king Saul mm-hmm. and says you know let me you, fight him let me help yeah how would you want me to help and king so is like go for it yeah you know you can do it but i think that that just kind of adds on it as well because i feel like he could have gone to so and be like you guys are rubbish you know in fact i feel like you're the worst leader that we've ever had yeah but he doesn't say that but he doesn't do that yeah exactly and, you know yeah so yeah and i think just judging judging just adding on to what you said about like about um this is how change is born i think that's what makes revolutionary rever- uh, the malawi enemy the re- revolutionaries stand out yeah the idea that um they see something wrong and they do something about it and i think that's what makes the people who go down in history go down in history because they defiled the odds like they saw like for example like what's happened in malawi obviously time is yet to say like what will happen after this but as as it stands now um for those of you who don't know there was an election it was rigged and usually people would be like oh no africa so corrupt it's so corrupt but they were like nah like yeah, we're not gonna narrative. we're not gonna accept this we're not gonna we're not accepting this no way we can't we can't sit down till we die what's our scripture where they say shall we stay here till we die like no like we are we are going to court and we're saying that give us a give us a legit election and even in terms of other things if you think about people like like martin luther king like just all these different people who make changes in life they see a need and they run with it to make a difference and i think like what you've said that's that's what god shows us from these things and also doing it with wisdom as well not just saying oh like this is wrong okay let me do stuff like let me just use whatever i think is best but no coming out of it from a place of wisdom and saying how can i actually make a change as opposed to what you've said just being a complainer because i think me included some of us we have phds in complaining yeah literally we can write a thesis on everything that's wrong with england if somebody said like oh um tell me about manchester you can literally write a whole essay but then if somebody says how can you fix it you'd be like oh these politicians need to do this these church leaders need to do this obviously people in power also have um the responsibility to help people but also we see that there's also there's also a need for us to also do what it takes to also change our communities yeah so we are running out of time so we're just going to quickly move on to the story of david where we'll be talking about our last point um so we're going to look at first samuel chapter 16 where david is anointed king and then that's we're going to look at that in 10 minutes and then we'll be closing shortly first samuel 16 yeah um verse 8 Okay, First Samuel 16 verse 8 says, So Jesse called Abinadab and made him pass before Samuel. 
And he said, neither has the Lord chosen this one. And then carry on, sorry, up until verse um, 13. Okay. Um, then Jesse called Shama, made Shama pass by, and he said, neither has the Lord chosen this one. And thus Jesse made seven of his sons pass before Samuel. And Jesse said to, Samuel said to Jesse, the Lord has not chosen these. Um, and Samuel said to Jesse, are, are, the young, are all the young men here? Then he said, there remains yet the youngest. And there he is keeping the sheep. And Samuel said to Jesse, send and bring him, for we will not sit down till he comes here. Um, so he went and brought him in. Now he was ruddy with bright eyes and good looking. And the Lord said, arise, anoint him, for this is the one. Then Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the midst of his brothers. And the spirit of the Lord came upon David from that day forward. So Samuel arose and went to Ramah. Amen. Amen. Like when I read the story of David, I think it's one of those stories that, no, even just the story of David, like the story even before David, like the story of Perez and Tamar, like Perez's mom, I think. Yeah, like Tamar, the lady that had that whole issue with Judah and even Judah, like all these stories and even Leah. It's like sometimes to me, it's like literally God placed all these events like the game of chess like god was like like do you know like when people say that someone is really good at chess they yeah. know their moves even before they play them and it's like god put all these pieces together for this moment because he chose david yeah and i think that's also in our lives as well it's like god puts certain pieces together because he's choosing us even in terms of ruth as well because ruth is also an ancestor to david as well yeah. so it's like god was literally putting all these pieces and then at this point then god comes out and says yeah this is the one i've chosen and i think that's really powerful because when you look at the story of people of like david's family line if those were our relatives i'm sorry some of us would be embarrassed to like bring them to parties but they he has a really interesting family line like for example with ruth like ruth wasn't was a foreigner she wasn't even um jewish but then god took her from wherever she came from she was married before yeah as well and then she did like the issue happens with her husband and then god brings her to israel makes her meet boaz and then they have a baby who then becomes david's granddad and it's like even with like judah like with leah jacob was meant to marry rachel but then obviously it wasn't god but like in the grandfather's wisdom in what's his name again laban laban's wisdom he's like oh let me just switch things up let me make this interesting and that happens and even with um even with um judah and like tamar was like it's a bit dodgy but tamar was his son's wife but his son died and then there was like a big bit of an altercation and then from there they begot perez and perez like was not meant to be the firstborn but he was like nope i'm gonna be the firstborn and he broke through and then it's like just throughout this whole story because i was trying to when I was looking at the life of David, I was looking at the life of David's ancestors. And obviously David is also Jesus's ancestor. But I was just looking at this whole storyline. It's as if at this moment, then when Saul was anointing who would be king of Israel, it's like God is like, no, I haven't chosen this one. I've put my finger, I've put my, like, I've literally, like, I've set aside all these different things for this moment because this is the person I have chosen. Yeah. This is my king. Yeah. And I think that's really powerful. And I think that's something that we can also take in account in our lives. Live your life thinking that God literally set aside all these different, each event that happened in your life, God put it there so that you could come to this moment. If you're watching this show, God knew that you were going to watch this show. If you're staying in the uk if you're staying in malawi if you're staying in the us i don't know where you stay like i don't want to go through a list of different countries but like regardless of where you stay god put like all these different aspects of your life he put all these pieces together like a puzzle he did it all for this moment and because god brought you into this moment you can achieve 
whatever you want as long as you have that anointing and ask god to help you to achieve what he purposed for you and if you're still searching for that purpose look for the need that's around you and use that as a guide to what you should become um and just for you remember like as we finish off what do you learn from this passage from david that um in the moments when we are not sure that we would be the chosen one you know there is i remember that once we're talking about like when people have parties and they've not invited you yeah and you're like oh it'd be nice for them to invite me and i refuse and i think it was this kind of party yeah you know, like, where it's like oh we are having and a- it's his dad as yeah, well like it's, it's like, not oh, even a stranger we're having it's a, a guest yeah and, you know david yeah. run, run along get the sheep you know go and look after them and then cause the the, the bigger boys like you know this is going to be a man's thing it's going to yeah. be a boy's thing and then you know i'm going to tell like maybe the dad planned the stories he's going to tell um samuel and then mm-hmm. they're going to laugh at this point and you know what you know yeah. all that kind of thing but then you're seeing god just change the situation because i mean the bible doesn't even give us a backdrop of how david ended up in the in the farm and this the the boys at home you know all that it could have been you know go look after the sheep yeah but dad you said that there is a guest coming well i don't care go look after the sheep that kind of thing like we don't know i'm just kind of like playing it in my head but then you were seeing god saying right this is the person that i wanted to that that this you know this is the re this is the reason the guest of honor is coming for this event and um for me as a message to my future self dear future self um prepare yourself even in moments where you think that you would not be called to the table yeah just be ready for those moments. that moment yeah because i think it's like what dad always says like when opportunity meets preparation so for example with david just to add on what you're saying like when we read his whole story realize like this guy even though he wasn't in the army when he was in like looking after the sheep this guy was practicing the yeah. art of war he was like learning how to use a slingshot he was a master at his craft he was a master his craft being war yeah. <laughs> he was a master at like winning battles he was fighting bears and lions and it's almost like he probably because he was probably there for so long he learned the art like okay if i have my opponent there like how do i how do i um overtake how do i do this it's like he was preparing in that position so that when after he was anointed and he got into the house of saul from there he was just running with the things that he already achieved before and i think one thing that also stands out to me from his story is also the fact that um that that's that samuel anointed him and then the spirit of the lord came upon david from that day forward so i guess another mention another note to my future self is that you need the spirit of god because that's what helps you sort of find the different paths like to overcome the different paths in life and also dear future self just because the spirit of the lord is upon you it doesn't mean that you won't overcome challenges just like david who was chased by saul who on countless attempts he was on countless occasions there was a lot of murder attempts that saul tried to kill him but dear future self because you have that anointing because god has chosen you you're going to overcome and you're going to achieve your wildest dreams and even if people don't believe that you can achieve those dreams yeah god has taken you out god has placed you in this position so that you can achieve the things that you're supposed to achieve and also um yeah you can change the world and you can literally become anything that you want to be and believe in god and continue to trust in his word yeah yes so that brings us to the end of our session and before we close marimbo um can you please pray and also pray for the people that are watching let's pray father god we thank you for this privilege we thank you for this moment that we have just to come before your throne 
thank you lord that you your bible the the bible in jeremiah 29 it says for i know the thoughts that i think towards you thoughts of peace um, and not able to give you a hope and a future so god i thank you that lord in our lives in our moments that we can live a life confident in knowing that our future is bright confident in knowing that as we rely on you as we wait on you that we have a bright future with you so i commit everyone into your hands oh god that lord you will open their eyes that lord they will recognize how much you have deposited in their lives that they will grow and become all that you have created them to be we give you the praise and the glory in jesus name amen amen it's it, it switched off